2: Bob of the Morning, everybody, and welcome to Popcorn Culture. As always, I am your one true host, Jazzy Jay, joined as usual by my brother, the one true co-host, Buzzy Benjamin B. And Ben, I think it's hilarious that I managed to be the host on today, which is your birthday! <laughs> I was literally going to say, oh my gosh.
1: So, yeah, we, we are our meddlers over on Patreon. We're having a hootin' and hollering mm-hmm. good time. In case anybody's ever curious, the way that we determine who the podcast host is, is is we uh every every person who signs up over on patreon is able to cast their vote for either buzzy b or jazzy j we have we have respective tiers for both of us so you can do all the different tiers just we have like one option for for you or for me and then we also have like our mega tier which allows somebody like 100 votes at once yeah and every once in a while people will hop in there because they know that it's like close enough otherwise they like like to cause that wonderful jazzy j chaos that's it that's it yeah i mean (laughs) bringer of chaos indeed is, is really your your yeah. <laughs> Your go-to play, Um, but we had GoFest last well last week. Based on on listenership, uh, you would have heard the episode from last week. And I guess that they were like, "Oh, it'll be so much fun because of GoFest." Like, we'll change things up. And I was like, "Yeah, because it's my birthday." Birthday. (laughs) When it was Jay's birthday, he got to be host. Um, But it's okay. I'm I'm I'm, at the end of the day. The thing we always say is that we that we we win together. So that's right. That's That's uh, true. That's all that matters. So we're on the same team. We're on the same team. On the
2: same team. But I am the one true host of this episode. You do have. You
1: do have the as always in there. I know, I know. know. As always. It's
2: funny because it's almost never true. Uh, it's, all right. it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right.
1: Either which That's way, okay. congrats on on hostmanship. And as long as we're talking about the Patreon, we are bringing back the D and D episode. Yeah, we are. I'm so I'm so excited about. Um, and in uh, basically last year at this time we had our um our set of dice. We did a dice set, a custom yes. set of dice set. And uh, so this year round we're we're doing it's a similar vein. There's still a dice involved, but it is it's like a it's like a rocks glass if you can imagine. So pick yourself like a clear short glass that can hold fluids extremely well and like literally like half like impaled into the side of the glass I don't know how to describe this because you can't impale glass but like it's it's like the glass has been melted and inserted into that melt point is a D20 with a 20 perfectly facing out and then etched onto the glass as well will be the the popcorn culture logo so in accompaniment for the rocks glass. Uh, you will also get a digital download of a brand new episode of D and D. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do another another
2: uh, in office D and D campaign in here. Super excited. By the way, if you couldn't follow what Ben was saying, it's just a rocks glass with a D twenty melted into the side.
1: No, oh, did did I, not, did I not say it yeah, that I simply? Think you, I, w- <laughs> I I was just like you know my brain was like literally. <laughs> this is I swear this is happening right now. Like I think that my memory is actively like. Like, on the fritz. Yeah. Um, Because, partially, I think, because the month of October has been nothing shy of Nutter Butters for us. It
2: it has been... Super, extremely busy between the GoFest meetup and the live trivia show, and you just got back from Las Vegas.
1: Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. So once, I, I, once again, I got to go to the When We Were Young music festival uh, in Las Vegas, which was just so much fun. I feel like uh, I, I got to see Blink One Eighty Two live, which was like the like the dream kind of. Oh, um, absolutely! It was. You know, it's so funny with that band in particular because, it, like, I always, I always think about this. Like, I feel like this is this is always the thing that's on my mind is sort of like when when you find things that are kind of like newly popular it's it's like they're a fad you know it's like they're popular now but like how will they hold up to the Mm, test of time like that's mm. that is like the true measure of art like nothing can be deemed well I mean it, it can be but like you know things become art when they have when they have survived for large length of lengths of
2: time. yeah I mean it's like interesting because some stuff will like they'll be really popular and then it'll sort of like fade and then it's like the nostalgia will like bring it back
1: yes and i i think that that was like sort of interesting to me because i feel like when i was in high school i remember all the like the the guys who like you know were in like you know in bands and stuff like that were huge fans of like um like 80s hard rock yeah and that was always one of those things where i was kind of like i always felt as though each of those kids parents really liked that music and so that was what they were told was like this is like real music Mm -hmm. um, because this is like what they had listened to like you know versus all this like newfangled pop music and radio music music and boy bands and stuff exactly and so you know as ever you know I think growing up I remember having uh, we had the Green Day Dookie album super early Mm -hmm. uh, and I absolutely you know like I loved that I remember you know just tuning in all the time listening to it Uh, but then I remember uh, actually I think our younger brother Tyler was the first person to get like a Blink 182 album um, on, on CD and I I remember just like being like man this sounds so cool like so much fun yeah but for years it never felt like you could say like like blink 182 is my favorite band um, like it always felt like it's like that's not really like well actually for me it felt perfectly fitting because it was like everybody always knows I'm just not very good at music anyway so it's like of course it is yeah (laughs) oh oh sweet (laughs) man you know like
2: (laughs) I think uh, as much as I like I mean I've been I've liked link 182 just forever but I think the first person I ever knew who like was like just like gushing over them was I and I just I mean that I I doubt you're listening but her name was Katie and uh, she was in my sixth grade class okay and shout out to Katie and and at the time, probably not true anymore. But and I and I say this with the, all of the um you know the the mindset of a twelve year old in like the nineties. But she was the blondest person I've ever met. <laughs> Just absolutely, <laughs> I mean, and I, and I don't. <laughs> I, I think is blonde one of
1: those words. It's like you can't call people blonde anymore. Like that's like a. I, I I don't have, know. I have literally no idea. I was I uh, I feel like there's like a great. I, I have always felt like like blondes have done a fantastic job of like of like branding as right. like, as, yeah. like a, yeah. as like a as like a hair style color hair color know? look. I I mean P- I love people just hair. tried to bring it down. With people are like, trying. Look, every, like, yeah, with all the jokes. jokes
2: about blonde jokes are just people being jealous of blonde hair. Like, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, look, my I, my wife is blonde, and all of my children are blonder than the sun. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against anyone with blonde hair, but uh, the there were you know I don't know if blonde jokes are as much of a thing anymore, but this girl was like a blonde joke, you know. Okay. And okay. this was my first introduction to Blink One Eighty Two, and um, I think that that was it's like one of those like this was your introduction point, so you have a lot of like restructuring to do since then.
1: Yeah, I, I understand know? what you're saying, and I, I think probably like the real thing there is that like occasionally if you went to high school with somebody or like in your formative years, someone who you didn't get on with as well introduced you into a a concept and that was your foray into that concept Yeah. then like it always sort of like had an impact on how you interpreted you know who this band to be because uh, or or concept or, or you know piece of pop culture media whatever um cuz i had a similar thing where i remember um like in band class when I was in seventh and eighth grade, like I was, I, I, and by eighth grade, I was like in the advanced band and I played percussion and, uh, in my class with me, it was a seventh grade girl who was really into like fallout boy. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a result, I was like, you know, I and mean, it seems ridiculous now cause I was probably like eight months older than right. this person. you know, it's like they a were seventh grader. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like she was not younger than me really, but right. like I think that teenagers that was,
2: cannot be dictated coolness by people younger than them. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah yeah it's just like
1: maybe that's just like a law of nature or something (laughs) yeah um but like you know so in my head as i like grew up and older and everything like i I always just sort of had like had like an idea of like what that what was like embodied by fandom of this particular fan was a a band was but then like you know you go and you see a lot of these bands like rock out in concert and you're like wow okay like the like they're going for it like they're shredding right now this is cool like it's like it is completely reframing my entire perspective on like what i thought i knew about this Banned this whole time right yeah um you know so it's just it's just super super interesting you know to to sort of like to have those you know mental Restructurings falling into place, but anyway, so that that impacted your view of Blink One Eighty Two from sixth grade for you would have been like what, like nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, like nineteen. That sounds about right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very early days. That would be that was small yes. things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, but so that, for me that was like one of those. I remember uh, when I was in college actually, one of my professors had this thing where um it was so important to him that you made it to office hours. Um, and this was something that like as a as a college student I should have taken more advantage of and just basically never did but professors offer office hours where you can go and they're available to answer questions that you might have about the coursework or the class in general or the field in general Yeah, where you can just go and have like more of like a one-on-one discussion with somebody who's very smart about a particular subject and so it was very important to him that you came to uh, like th- within like the first week you had to book a session and go to his office hours so that you knew where his office was right and you know he asked a myriad of questions some of them had to do with major some of them had to do with like you know why did you choose this particular college route or whatever but the last question he asked was like who is your favorite band or what was your favorite song Um. and I remember like sitting in that class and I can go back to the moment clear as day like looking at the sheet of paper and being like I can't put blink 182 what will he think of me <sighs> you know like it's like this is going imp- to like I can't say that you know this will impact my whole f- future i know yes going on my permanent record it was like i have i have the answer in my heart and then i have the what i what i believe is the correct answer in terms of how this very smart professor will interpret me as a student
2: oh my gosh so so this this okay this this reminded me of a recent therapy session i had okay okay let me do you want to know one of my
1: least favorite like um icebreaker questions ever least favorite icebreaker questions ever hang on let me think let me think okay okay Mm, what's your favorite breakfast food no what's your favorite (laughs) meal no, no. Neither <laughs>
2: oh days. boy, I have stories about those too. Okay, okay. <laughs> um,
1: hmm, is there anything else? What What do people ask about? The other thing I hate for icebreakers is when they do the like like round robin thing where it's like, okay, like you're going to say your name and then do a dance move or something like that. And it's like, you know, like, oh, I'm Ben, and then you do like jazz hands or something. Like yeah. The next person's like, okay, so that's Ben jazz hands, and that's like, yeah, and I'm Jay, and you know, like uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Right. out a dance moves. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh no, I only know one. <laughs> um, can, can I also do jazz hands <laughs> down low? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so uh, what's your least favorite icebreaker question? It
2: is if you were stranded on a deserted island, oh, what three items would you bring with you? This
1: is such a prime I, example of there is the question, there is the correct answer to the question, and then there is like, but correct how? Well that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. It's like, it's like okay, what I need to know is, are you actually trying? Like, if I'm trying to survive, it's probably like uh, like a a piece of rope, a tarp, and like a like a sharp blade, machete, right. large knife of sorts i know, find this like, to be
2: such an unproductive question yeah because right. it's like it's so hard to know what the person is truly asking you like are they asked like because almost no matter what when this question comes up it immediately turns into what would you need to survive yes you know? right. it's like i right. don't think that's really what the question is trying to get like if you could only oh excuse me if you could only bring three items to a deserted island, what would they be? And it's like, like it, I don't think the person's asking. Like, what, what do you think are the three most important survival tools? Right. Yeah. You for, know?
1: for like a, a therapy lesson, like asking somebody, like, hey, how would you survive if you had very little? Is probably it yeah. feels like it's like that's not a good. That's, that's not. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs>
2: right. It's like, and, and not only very little, but you have very limited options. You can bring almost anything, but just there's a limited quantity.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And it also immediately feels like too, because I mean, I think what they're what they're really trying to say is they're trying to. Uh, uh, like trick you into revealing the things that are otherwise like so important to yes. like to you that you're like I could not live without. But then like there's I think that the other part of me uh it would be like you know like let's let's say let's say like you know like uh like like we'll, we'll go with the example from before like so Blink One Eighty Two favorite band or whatever it's like like if you were to say like you know it's like okay three things it's like you bring that you bring that you know blink 182 album with you you're gonna you're gonna have a a compact disc you know and a player so you can you can make sure you can like listen to it forever and ever and ever it's like the rational part of my brain still can't get out of desert island mode and it'd be like doesn't matter if that's my favorite band i know that i can live without listening to that music for the rest of my life like yeah i know i will survive there's also
2: or you'd be like well i i can't live without or maybe maybe you even feel like I want to bring a Blink One Eighty Two CD or something, but it would be like, but then I got to use my other item on CD player. Oh so yeah, right, you know, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> like, it's like, like, okay, well, can, you can package those together. Yeah, you can, like, back, yeah. can. you package those together? It feels right. like the better question would just be like, what are your three? If you could, if you were stranded on a desert island, everything else being food and shelter being taken care of, what? what three but you can only bring three books what would you bring you know yeah, like, i don't know but so yeah. like this and then of course I, this is so this was my therapist asked me the other day was what would what three items would you bring and i was like i i literally could not answer we spent like 20 minutes on it I, and i was just like i don't like especially in this setting where it's like what are you trying to learn about me right now and it's like like, honestly probably what she's learning is that like you're and I think you know it's like ultimately I'm still end up being very revealing about myself by not being able to answer the question it's like what does that say about me you know it's it's like
1: it it appears that commitment could be a bit of an issue because you can't commit to any object can't commit to any
2: that's not even it it's like I think what I sort of like started unpacking this was interesting part I think what I started unpacking was that like I like I don't know so what? Like when when someone asks me that. What's important to me in that interaction is that my responses are like the correct impressive responses I, that like I've thought, I was like, oh, I've got this. I've got an item that doesn't land in the survival category, but also you haven't thought of before. I know? know.
1: I know. And, and again, it's like you're like from your therapist's standpoint, like they are just trying to get a better understanding of who you are as to better help you. Yeah. And they're probably not like getting to the end of the day and being like, man, I heard the coolest answer ever today let let, let me explain to you the sheer uniqueness that this human being brought to the table but in my mind that is what they're going to do i know i I want them to be so impressed with my like
2: clever take on this question because i know it's a common question and it's like i feel like it's like my brain can't not gamify it in that way right you know it's like i don't want it's not it's not like to me it's not what would i genuinely want to bring it is how can i win the game of answering this question better than people right you know
1: in therapy in In one-on-one, private therapy, conversation. A, one-on-one <laughs>
2: conversation where she's not allowed to tell other people what I said.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think that like probably even on some massive level and, and you know, I would, I would suspect that uh, your therapist is able to recognize this particular trait, but like it probably to me, what it says would be that like, you're still not quite at the stage of letting your guard down enough to allow like the true vulnerability to like pour through. Yeah. Which, I have this exact same problem constantly. Yeah. Which is that like, it's like, you know, it's like you're supposed to go and it's supposed to be like pure open book. But being a pure open book is a freaking skill. It's hard. It is because you have to like, you have to, genuinely be letting go letting your guard down trusting this person completely and understanding that like they have your best interest at heart Well,
2: let me just tell you but i'm not even sure that that's necessarily it because it's not like i internally was like i have something i want to say i just don't feel like i can trust you with the information sure it's like i've been thinking about it for four weeks now you know what i mean and i'm like I like all this is the only thing I've landed on. And I'm and like, even in my brain, I'm like, I just don't. I'm like, I wonder if this is a good answer. Like, is this I feel like it almost satisfies both sides of it, where it's like most people wouldn't say this, but it sort of falls into the survival camp and also falls into like this is the sort of thing that's important to you camp. And the answer is a pillow, a pillow pillow. Okay. Okay. because because
1: how are you going to sleep? How how are you going (laughs) to sleep? This is you know what? This is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, you still you still need to be able to sleep. Yeah. And the more properly rested that you are, assuming that you have food and shelter also taken care of, then your ability to be productive the next day exactly. is somewhat dependent on you've your ability have to p- sleep. So sometimes maybe just
2: like pillow and blanket is my answer, is is my my new answer to this question. Because this is one of those things that anytime I've gone camping, um, like you know, back back GMA days when yeah. we would just you know take off in the middle of the night, there would so often be the case where you've got like, you know, 15 minutes to pass. Um, because, you know, we got to get out the door. It's already 1030 at night, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're right. missing time out there and it'd be like, let me throw some things together. Let me run down and uh, grab my sleeping bag out of the basement and be like, mm, there's a camping pillow. Mm, do I want to Do I want to add that weight to my bag the, by weight? I mean, like less than an ounce, you know, like camping pillows, extremely not heavy, <laughs> extremely not they're, they're
1: They can be large ish. They like, can be. I mean, they're packed down pretty small, but yeah.
2: yeah. Granted, we weren't going on like giant, like super long hikes. So, like weight was not a concern, but it would be the sort of thing where like I'd be trying to reason it out and be like, I'm being smart by not including
1: the pillow or something. But right. inevitably, I would regret not bringing the pillow. I know. Yeah. Pillow, pi- pillows are a very vital one. However, yeah. I still feel like this is maybe potentially revealing about some of your inner psychology at the moment, because I feel like at the moment, one of the things that you've got is like the the boys waking you up in the middle of the night yeah like so it's like i think that that's like a daily maybe not a daily struggle struggle seems like the wrong word but like a it happened last night (laughs) (laughs) but like you know like a major factor in your life so like i'd be curious if you were like let's say let's say you're like empty nest stage of you know the process in life or even just dating back to um pre having kids at home without like the like the midnight wake-up calls and stuff like that do you think pillow would still be on the list then
2: i i think so because okay that's good to know because the more i've like focused on this question i think I think I just pulled pillow uh, from from deeper in my past, and I like remembered. It, it's like what was really nagging me is that I remembered having an answer to it, and I think that was my old answer to it. And I was like, "Yes, I think that still works," but now I feel like I'm like stealing the answer from myself or something, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's a name of the wind. Piece a, so. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> When you stole the answer from yourself, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. But the, like, this is. I mean, this is. This is like the constant uh, introspection that I feel like I'm. I'm always myself going through day in day out is is that it's like i feel like i, I can always sort of tell that this question is looming around me. Like yeah. I think a lot of times, especially like, you know, when I see people like extremely passionate about like this, that, or the other, like activity that they're engaged in or something that they've committed to, or or something that they like really, really, really love. You know, and like I'll I'll step back and I can't tell uh myself whether or not it's like a grass is always greener type of situation where anybody looking at me might be like, oh man, and you know, he's got like the like the YouTube channel and like his family and like you know these activities. And and like it may be the case that like from anybody else looking at my my uh, my lifestyle or, or, or you know th- my life construct might be like might might see all these things clear as day like all the important things but then like because i live inside of like my own system it's like it's like well you can't say like obviously like family is extremely important to me but like you know does that does like how do you incorporate that into like your three items question exactly yeah. you
2: know no you're stranded. you're alone people aren't on the options
1: people, yeah you can't bring people right yeah so then
2: it's like i don't want a picture of my family yeah, 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 right. It's yeah. like, oh, well, you didn't say a picture of family doesn't care, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I mean, that's like, that's, that's like the the big, the big challenge. Okay. So you got, you got pillow. I got pillow. Did, was there anything else you no, were able to? No. This has
2: been, this is a month of
1: thinking. This is where I've landed. You, one month. I know. <laughs> so, see, <laughs> you see the trouble I'm having? I do. Like,
2: I mean, I mean, bless my therapist. They were like trying to help me out so hard. They're like, does it help if it's like five items instead of three? And I was like, not really. She's like, like, as if like maybe I'm having trouble narrowing down or something something. It's r- like and then she like takes the reverse tactic It's like, what if it's just one? It's like maybe you just can't think of anything. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And it's just like it's closer to helping.
1: Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. like, just just one thing. Can, one thing. Can I say a volleyball? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, You're full castaway. Yeah. Um, no, this is this. Honestly, it's very interesting for me because I feel like it reminds me uh, earlier this year when I went to go get my tattoo. You know, I was I was so excited because I, um, you know, I guess through all of my like my quests and everything and like my my own um, hang ups and dilemmas and, and sort of like the knowledge that I knew I wanted to get one, but didn't know what to get. And then I found an artist and like everything I saw that the artist did, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like ridiculously profound. And it's so amazing. And it like speaks to me in like all these ways that I can't describe. And, you know, it was, it was sort of like, um, I, I felt like I had like stumbled into what most people who go to like art exhibitions, like already know about their passions in life. Like when they look at something, it just like means something back. To them, uh-huh. and, and I felt like when I was like looking at this particular person's art, I was like, this is, this is like what's happening right now. Like I, like I, I see the meaning in the image and because I can see the meaning, it's like, that's what I've always wanted. Um And then I feel like when I got there, you know, I started, I started like going through this whole process and I told him right away, I was like, I really don't know. Like what I what I plan to do, what right. I hope to do, what like what I want from this experience. Like I I mean I I literally took videos of myself from the hotel room the night before, being like I go in twelve hours and I still don't know. Right. Like what I'm gonna say. Um. And so like I think the same thing. I think we got in there and I think he really 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 thought like like are you just afraid to like tell me what you actually want? Like are you like, right. somehow like ashamed that what you want is like like a barbed wire like sleeve or something like that? And you feel like you know it's like 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 it's, is it, is it the case that you're afraid someone will judge you for what you want? Or are you afraid that I will, you know, like like have feelings one way or another? Um, and the answer was like, no. It's like, I don't know how to tell you that I literally don't know. And so at some point in time, I feel like he looked at me he's like, you gotta say something. And I was like, this is the problem. You know, like I right. I, I I I mean, it's it's so um it's so weird how uh like how there's this like just gigantic blockade that yeah. can that can like live up there and, mm-hmm. and stand in the way of like your ability to to communicate whatever is like so deep down inside of you right so anyway, um, I know that that's not remotely helpful. I'm just saying I relate. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. So if I ever think of the other two items, <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah,
1: keep me posted. It's like that, that'll be like the ultimate pop episode. The know, other, yeah, two, yeah, items the other discovered. two items. Like Yeah, I
2: discovered another item
1: I'm bringing to the island well, with my pillow. <laughs> this okay, so maybe what we'll do, we'll lob it out to we'll lob out to the little kernels out there. So if you guys have any feedback on this particular subject, what three items would you bring on the desert island? You have to be by yourself. Um You can assume like food and shelter taken care of and water and water yeah, yeah like the basic the basic necessities in the order basic, to like but exist. no
2: pillows obviously because then you wouldn't need to bring one so right, There's right. no pillows on the island <laughs> yeah that needs to be very crystal clear yeah, come on. E-
1: email all of your responses to uh, popcornculturepod at gmail.com deadly curious but anyway yeah. we can we'll move on from there transition
2: we'll move- transition
1: Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Okay, Jay, so I'm kind of excited about um, a detail that you have listed here mm-hmm. in the show notes. Yeah. Which totally. is that you started reading Harry Potter to, I, to young Luke's third.
2: I did start reading Harry Potter to Luke. So he's presently five. He'll turn six uh next month. Yeah. So it's pretty up. close, pretty close. And um, yeah, we, we started about um, four nights ago or so. So we're doing about a chapter a night. Okay. And it was one of those where it was like, I was maybe waiting for him to be like a little bit older before I started. Like we've been reading um, Charlotte's Web for uh, a little while. We didn't actually get to the end before we just started Harry Potter. Okay. Okay. Part of why I wanted to read Charlotte's Web was because one he had gone and seen the play in person, so he was like semi-familiar with the story, which I thought would help him like you know focus on what was happening on like this longer like chapter book right, more or less.
1: Especially you know it's like yeah if you've got like some mental visuals as to like who these characters yeah. are and stuff that kind of goes a long way. That
2: can go. That can go. And I think he was like following along. I mean, Charlotte's Web is like designed for kids anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was good, but. Um, the, the, what happened was that like down in my office, I've got like all of my various Harry Potter books that like I've collected over the years, Yeah, which is not like a ton. But we've got like um, every year my mother-in-law will get me the next like illustrated edition Harry Potter book, which they're up to the first five, I think at this point. So yes, I don't think even all seven are out yet, but I've got I've got all the ones that are um, I've got like the uh, the Mina Lima Philosopher Stone version, which is like the coolest version. It has got like there's like pictures on the, almost every single page. There's like interactive like pop up things and you can there's like unfoldable things that like, you get to the letter. You can unfold the entire Hogwarts letter and then fold it right back in. When you get the diagonal Alley. You can open it up and it takes up like two feet. Oh, you that's know? amazing. It's massive. It's so, so, so cool. Um, and then I've got the um, 20th anniversary Gryffindor Editions because that is the ones that when we went to London, And we were at the uh, platform nine and three quarter store. That's when Luke was like three weeks old or something. I was like, oh my God, I have to get him his first Harry Potter book. And so I got him those. And so we've got the first three of the Gryffindor set down there. So anyway, one of Luke's favorite things to do is to go just rummage around through every single thing in the office. Amazing. Yeah. And he'll always come across the Harry Potter books and he'll always be like they, they look so impressive on the outside that they're very attractive to him as like something to like um, take and he he knows the 20th anniversary ones are his but they're up on the top shelf because i'm like i don't like don't mess with them you know right, right. <laughs> i it's, don't want you to like, go ruining these special things i got for you right like this is the thing like, <laughs> you know
1: if you were to like bring them to college or or somewhere someday it's like you want them to like be intact and not having like, yeah. his five-year-old version of himself you know tear a page or, or fold them in or yeah. spell something on it like in the name of like well they're mine so i can do whatever i want with them it's like,
2: exactly you'll still appreciate them someday yeah exactly yeah. exactly nonetheless the illustrated copies are like sort of down low so sometimes we will just like pull them off and start flipping through them and just looking at the pictures in general and you know based on what we do for a living it's almost impossible not to be exposed to harry potter stuff in some way yeah you know we've got like wands around the house i've got a lot of t-shirts that have got harry potter things on them right you know it comes up a lot obviously so he knows you know a little bit about harry potter Things and so the other day he just had like the he had all the different books down he's like flipping through the Mina Lima one doing all the pop up ones and in and I think specifically what he found it like the near the back of that one there's like a pop up of the chess board the giant chess board oh yeah and you know Luke Luke loves some chess. So that was like so exciting to him, and he was just like, all of a sudden, he just had it in his brain that he just so, so badly wanted me to read him Harry Potter. He's like, I just want to know what the story is. I just want to know what's going on, you know? Right? And it was just like, oh, oh, and it was like I'm having this like crazy internal struggle like going on inside because like you know on the one hand like dream come true like my little boy is like begging me to read him harry potter right you know it's like i've been waiting for this moment my whole life but at the same time i'm like i just don't i don't entirely know if you're like old enough to like understand the story if i start reading it to like are you going to be able to pay attention and follow along with what's happening and i don't want to like ruin the first read through with like yeah i don't really remember i remember dad read them to me i don't want to read them again because i've already read them but i don't actually remember what happened yeah kind of thing and uh so and then i'm also just like you know by the time you get like several books in it's like a little bit scary maybe if you're like five yeah no absolutely
1: i mean i think i think that there's certainly some some pretty heavy stuff i mean the you know it feels like i mean even really chamber of secrets i mean you know the the idea of there being a giant snake slithering through the castle that you know can potentially be deadly yeah um you know it's it's not not terrifying right prisoner of azkaban just like hey there's there's a an escape murderer on the loose who's looking for a 13 year old right you know it's like oh great 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 great. great, great. yeah good 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 good, and a werewolf and a werewolf yeah Yeah. he's pretty friendly though pretty friendly
2: werewolf until he's a werewolf until he's a werewolf then then it's kind of dangerous but that's good
1: yeah um but yeah no i understand what you're saying like i mean it does it does seem like the like like five does still seem on the on the young end of the spectrum and you also don't want to like yeah you're right like you don't want to end up in like accidentally bursting the bubble where it's sort of like it's like well now you know what happens like now you know it's not snape the whole time right you know even just for book one um so that like when you read it when you're like you know nine or ten you know when you will have a better comprehension for what all is going on it's like you like a lot of like the the like what? No way. Like yeah. moments have, have kind of already been like yeah, like maybe you already know they're coming. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah you've, like have you already like spoiled it somehow. Right. Like
2: you've sort of spoiled it but didn't like really appreciate the spoiler because you didn't really experience it firsthand to its fullest capacity.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. know, the interesting thing about this from for from like my perspective is like I remember um watching Star Wars as like a little kid, but like not really having any idea what the actual plot was about. You know, or like a lot of like the important scenes to like explaining what's actually going on yeah are not the scenes that stand out to like a little kid but right. i like to the lightsabers like and the lightsaber blasters fights and, the,
2: and yeah x-wings and
1: yeah the millennium falcon and death star you know, boom right yeah ewoks and whatnot like you know there's just there's just like all like the little details where it's like oh my gosh like this is so cool like this is so fun but like i don't even think i really knew the plot for another you know 10 years
2: yeah but to be fair that didn't stop any of us from loving star wars you know deeply as kids
1: that's exactly right yeah yeah so, so
2: so that is that's that there's that but so anyway you know I was like you know uh, on the there's one night he's just like asking me over and over like can we please read it and I was like let me you know you know it's first of all as you're asking me it's like nine o'clock at night you know it's the weekend we've stayed up late you're already cranky i'm not starting on a whim like this you know like not like like like, you don't understand how emotional it is for me to be reading it to you you know right right (laughs) like um yeah like you you can't possibly understand the impact this story has had on your life without you realizing it right you know yeah um so Like, you know, I need to, like, mentally prepare. And I wanted to, like, talk to Beth. And, you know, we sort of talked about it. And we were like, well, I mean... You know he just like really really wanted to and, like the next morning i like got out of the shower and he's like standing outside my bathroom door just like on his knees holding the book up just like daddy please read it to me and i was just like i don't know what more i could possibly be hoping for you right, know yeah, it's, like, like, it's
1: like okay this feels this like, feels like the moment
2: yeah i'm like okay all right all right all right let's go let me let me get dressed you know? yeah <laughs> put some clothes on here <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: imagine <laughs> if like luke's first ever interaction you're just like t- in a towel yeah I'm just <laughs> in a towel I'm just like <laughs> like, All right, let's go
2: read. Yeah, so yeah, go get some coffee. We sat down and we like went and read the first chapter and stuff. And um, it was, I mean, I it's hard to know if he's really following it, like, um that much like it is like the chapters are a little long i think to like maintain his like attention especially without like the pictures and stuff but like the minalina minalima version of the book does have a lot of pictures on it so there's that but the other like i don't know if this is even an issue or just sort of like a funny cute thing but like he will want to like um have me be reading one book and for him to be holding another one he just wants to like look at the pages as i'm reading it as if he's reading it too okay so he'll be like did you turn a page and it'll be like yes i turned a page but like because one book is bigger than the other the pages don't match up exactly okay so it's a little bit confusing and then like he'll just want to switch which book we're looking at so it's like I, I think it would just be better if we had one book and he was just like forced to sit and listen rather than be like distracted by what's that, like what he's holding in his hand. Right, all the that time. makes sense, yeah. But um so I think yeah we are um like halfway through the fourth chapter. So, you know, Harry has been delivered to the Dursleys um he has made the uh he has talked to the boa constrictor at the zoo they've gone to the hut on the rock hagrid has showed up and he's told him he's a wizard okay yeah and it's been um that's all that's all happened so far and it's like i keep getting through this like big parts and i'm like you know choking up like trying to get through the next sentence and he's just like you know he's like over there and i'm like no this is like this is an important part and it's like you're a wizard harry you know right right <laughs> like, right, right this <laughs> is like a big deal but it's like to luke's like he already knows harry's a wizard a little bit right you know? right
1: right it's like yeah like this is not. Not shocking at all. Not
2: shocking information to him as it was for me when I first read the books, which is like I look back and like, how did I not realize? How old was I? How old was I? I don't I don't know. But what is hilarious, I think, is that the other thing is that on the like the outside cover of the books. There's like the, um, or especially the Lima one, like in the four corners of the the cover, there's like a little symbol for Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. And he's just sort of like looking at all of them. And he's like, what's this one? I like this one. And it's like the uh, the Slytherin one. So um, since, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so since uh, like in the past week, Luke has full on committed to Slytherin House. Like with no prompting from me, you know. Wow. He is just like all about and I'm like, just so you know, while we're reading, the Slytherins will be the bad guys. Like in real life, not really but in the book they're the bad guys
1: just so you know, you know? <laughs> and, and try not to be terribly alarmed yeah the main slytherin that we know looks exactly like you <laughs> yeah i know i'm like
2: oh my god you were like you were like just such a little mouthful i go so channeling it it's it's like so cute though And then this was like I could, this was just like a random probability fell in my lap, like a lottery thing. But like, he has seen like on, you know, the TikTok filters before, like, you know, sometimes it'll be just like, you know, it'll like do like a random selector thing on your head. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. can you do, can you do like a Slytherin, like, so, like, tiktok thing or something and i was just like yo like is there like a tiktok filter that will sort you into a house and he's like yeah and i'm like probably you know almost almost a thousand percent (laughs) yes it's like like, like, i don't know for sure but there is yeah yeah there absolutely that exists and he's like can we just do it and i'm like okay sure you know and i'm like just i'm like we've got like a one in four chance that this is going to be the best role ever and it's going to land on Slytherin, and he's going to be so happy with it right um so I pull it up and I find that, yeah, exactly what we're looking for. It's like a little thing that puts a sorting hat on you and it just flips through the houses and lands on one. You know, right. that's all we're looking for. But as I point it, um at him it's like I'm still in the picture too and it turns out it can do two people at once so all of a sudden just like oh I'm like you know learning how the filter works on the fly and it just starts like it just starts going you know and all of a sudden it like pops down and filters down and it lands both of us in Slytherin and I was like oh my gosh this is such a good role oh man that is so fun I know so I mean he was so happy about it (laughs) (laughs) so fun so um, yeah so we're uh we're we're big on so i'm like uh and then you know he's like what house is mommy i'm like mommy's in gryffindor yeah so there's that and i'm like you know and harry's in gryffindor just so you know i want you to be disappointed that the main character is going to be in the other house um, <clears throat>
1: but don't worry there's that one redeeming guy <laughs> there is yes Slughorn, kind of <laughs> sort like of adventure. draco right. uh,
2: draco's mom's okay
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's been very fun so it's like it's it's so funny like dealing with him being like so about Slytherin like as like a five-year-old though because like you know me as an adult who's like very publicly a Slytherin it's like I, I know that people who like interact with me as a Slytherin are like underst are like old enough to understand that like you know, the, the villainous side of it has sort of died down in the fandom. Yes. But like, but like he is like, I mean, he, I mean, he has come home from school where it's like, you know, you have to like write a sentence in your journal and it'll be like his sentence is like, I'm in Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like now, and I'm like, I'm like now, from most five-year-old perspectives, or like probably five to 10, if you're familiar with the Harry Potter books, you probably think of Slytherin as the bad guy. Or if you're like the teacher, you probably think the students think that Slytherins are the bad guys. <laughs> right? Right. Right. It's like, like, yeah, how like, is write this a letter. Place. I know. I'm like, just so you know, you know. So, but another. But he's like so excited about it. It's like I don't care, you know. Obviously, this is great news for me. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. yes. No. Well, and what I think <clears throat> would be really funny, and I mean, you don't have to commit to this idea. I just, it's, it's like a curiosity rolling through my head. But uh, I know that when you were buying him the uh, the 25th anniversary, yeah, the copy? 20th anniversary, Tw- yeah. 20th, yeah, um, you, like when when Lukester was born, he was a NICU baby, yep. which was extremely sad, very scary um and like through that process and then our subsequent like very unbelievable opportunity where we were invited out by Mm -hmm. google to do the history of magic uh sort of like exhibit and uh, collaboration with um google arts and culture was like i think so if luke was born on november like end of november um and then we went on like mid January, like January yeah. 15th. Yeah. So, so he's like, it was like end of
2: November, September 29th. So he was like yeah. five weeks old or something. Right. So it was, it was yeah. he
1: was basically, and he'd only been home for like um, three weeks. For I think. three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So like when we went, it was kind of like one of those opportunities where I was like, well, we, we have to go because like this is like, the yeah. call, like this is like, what we had yeah. been hoping for basically the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're, we're being asked to collaborate with Google and Pottermore. So at the
1: same time. Yeah. yeah at yeah, the it's same like, time. It's like, okay. Yeah. We're, we're in. We're um, in. <laughs> And, but so the, the idea was that where the point is that I'm trying to make is that at that point in time, you know, like we definitely saw Luke as a Gryffindor because it was like, he had been so brave as like a little, you know, little, yeah, little baby, baby. Yeah. like making it through like this kind of scary situation and, and sort of like tumultuous time and everything and getting home. And so it was like, you know, he, he definitely embodied that Gryffindor sentiment. Uh, and as such, I know that you've collected the first three books for him. Um, it would be kind of interesting though, if like, you know, now that like at age five, if he's like, I'm a Slytherin, uh, um, um, you know, like if you got like the fourth book. Oh and, yeah, and the <laughs> the colors. colors. And then you know, like I like because the thing about me is that like I feel like Luke is very intelligent. Oh yeah, and so like I could totally no, he's see. He's not dumb. Yeah, I, I could totally see him embracing. Uh, the Ravenclaw banner Mm -hmm. at some point as well. So what I just think would be kind of interesting or fascinating would be like, you know, if by the time he does go to college or wherever, you know, uh, eventually at some point in time, he's got a collection of books and it's like, it's like, why are the first three Gryffindor and then a Slytherin and a Slytherin and then like Ravenclaws? You know, like 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 a mix. Yeah, it's sort of like no Hufflepuff. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. It's just like, but it it would be so funny because I feel like it Mm -hmm. would, it would be like, you know, as I grew up, my dad kept buying me the book that he felt like at the time, most accurately represented my personality. And so at right. the beginning, you know, there was this reason for the Gryffindors. And then, you know, when I first was introduced to it when we were first reading it, I really attached on to the Slytherins. And then as I got older and, you know, like whatever, and not that he absolutely will become a Ravenclaw or anything like that, but... Right, yeah, um, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, it would be cool if, like, you know, he sort of, like, ultimately... Because that, that's been my whole thing with, like, the whole sorting is, like, it's really fun to embody your house and to embrace your colors and, you know, to have your comrades out there in the world who sort of, like, resonate, like, with your, your you know your, your spot in in things and everything. Um, but I definitely, I feel like as I've gotten older, I mean, and you know this about me, I've gone through, every house you know oh, yeah. like I mean I, I at different points in time um, I just literally I'm like you know it's like you know what I like we have the mugs so at the end of each year for the past several years we've done like the the, the um, animal mugs for yes. for Carlin brothers coffee yep. where we've got like one for each you know respective house by color um, and so here at the office we have several sets of them and so every morning when I'm grabbing my coffee it's like I will go through like month-long phases where I will only pick up the red mug right and then I'll <laughs> go through like month-long phases where I'm always picking up the yellow mug and yeah it's a sort of like depending on like where I'm at in life and like my, my circumstances around me, it's like, I've sort of like embraced all of them. So that's sort of been like one of those things where like, I love the sorting and the sorting is so fun and if you identify heavily like with any of the houses then it's like perfect and it's awesome yeah. but I also feel like the the further into it I get the more I love all four of them right. you know it's like which I feel like on some levels maybe a little bit the point like you know none of that's like you said before none of them are actually evil like if you if you identify as Slytherin that doesn't make you a bad person right. it just means like your values align you know with that or you like green you Exactly. Know, like,
2: <laughs> I think most of them look like snakes <laughs> or he likes the snake logo is what it seems like he likes a lot
1: I know that's that 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 also i was gonna say is very interesting to me because i feel like so far he's still like maybe a little a little hazy on like some of the dogs in the family like our our, yeah, sure. our, our parents have uh Dougal, yeah um who's actually named after Dougal mcgregor oh that's hilarious yeah, uh, yeah. But professor McGonagall's once yeah love once love yeah, yeah. exactly um So but uh, Dougal is a uh, a boxer and full of energy and can be a little intimidating if you're a small child, and Mm -hmm. you know, at eye level with him and stuff. Um, But like it would be interesting to me if like somehow Luke was having more trouble with dogs and then completely cool with snakes.
2: I I mean, I think if there was a uh, snake on, you know, the ground in front of him or in his room, he would be uh super afraid of it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. But, <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair that makes sense yeah. yeah 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 no
2: doubt but uh maybe just the drawings of it look cool or but something it does look i don't pretty know cool. pretty at boss. the moment at the moment we're we're heavy slytherin okay so okay. that's pretty fun even when he came to uh the go fest booth he was like looking at all the um the foil shirts and he found like the green one and i was like oh this is the slytherin one he was like oh you know and he was like very excited about it so oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that's so cool so. that is so cool okay
1: well little Lukester there so
2: there you go I love oh, it. so actually you, so this i've been trying to think about this since you brought up the idea of having like a, a mixed set of 20th anniversary books so if you're listening and you don't know the 20th anniversary harry potter books you can buy um all seven books they're like there's like seven Gryffindor versions of the book and seven Slytherin versions of the book. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The pages on the exterior, like if you've ever seen like gold foil pages, these are, um, they're, they're like, they're inked, but printed as like, like alternating like red and yellow stripes or green and silver stripes. So if you were going to go through and you just wanted to like theme them and get like,
2: like make, uh, get the, the house version of the book, for what made the most sense for each year, how would you do it? Ooh. Well, I think I Philosopher mean- Stone is definitely the like Gryffindor copy
1: it feels like it and then i mean chamber of secrets i actually feel like is a little bit of a coin flip because yeah. it seems like the whole idea is that all of chamber harry's sort of struggling with whether or not he's supposed to be in slytherin. right but it's also the whole air of slytherin book that's right. like the primary like so I, I think you could go slytherin you could for, go slytherin yeah for
2: book two i think so prisoner feels like you're just right back to gryffindor it
1: does because i mean you're yeah. you're really getting like the the story of of sirius and lupin and, and yeah peter and james and yeah so and it's it, Harry. Yeah, so yeah. very
2: Gryffindor book, right? And then I think for Goblet, you could either—it's almost coin flip because like between Hufflepuff and Slytherin, I would say this Hufflepuff because you got yeah. Cedric. Well, because because if you don't do Hufflepuff for this one, you're not going to do it for any of them. You got you got to <laughs> yeah. One. It's I like think, if you want one of at least one of each, you got to give this one.
1: But Voldemort comes back. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I but I think <clears throat> I think I think you have to give it to Cedric because I yeah. do I do feel like that's <clears throat> another one of those um like there's the. I, we've talked about it before in a video on Super Carlin Brothers before, but one of my all-time favorite lines from the movies, of all things, is uh, at the wake for Cedric, uh, when Dumbledore describes him as a fierce, fierce friend. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why, but it's like, the that particular senti- sentiment to me has always, like... It, like I mean, Cedric was always cool. Like and I mean he's definitely like a a very nice person to Harry, despite, you know, some of the circumstances or possibly like the fact that Harry is like kind of getting a little bit of like the attention that the Hogwarts champion should have been getting. Yeah. Um but I feel like it always really like made like Cedric like come together completely as a character for me where I was like, Man, like he was just a good person. Like this is just a good person who is a bystander of this really terrible right set of events. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, I would I would give it to I would give that to tufflepuff house okay no okay. problem at all cool cool um order of the phoenix you've got the intro to luna. luna um which is like it's maybe not the most like pivotal hinge you know for right for the overall story but but you,
2: th- you've got the introduction of luna and he's like briefly dating
1: cho that's true so you could like you
2: could probably go ravenclaw for order of the phoenix
1: i think you can make that argument yeah but then <clears throat> but then if you get to um Half Blood Prince. Prince. It feels like it's, yeah, it's yeah. Slughorn and Snape.
2: Yeah, it's like, yeah, That one's Slytherin. It's Slytherin. Yeah, again, Slytherin copy, and then Deathly Hallows is just definitely Gryffindor. It just has to be Gryffindor, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there you go. I think that's pretty good. That's That'd be a fun good. little set.
1: That would be a fun little set. It's yeah. like Each one, each one, kind of like respectfully. I like how we, I like how we laid them all out too. That I think yeah. that works really well. All right. That, that would, that would, that would make for a, a rather beautiful display. It well.
2: would. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. Be like, why didn't you get all the same? And it'd be like, well, let me tell <laughs> you. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad you asked. I'm glad it's you brought up a lot
2: of points I'd like to argue about
1: what an excellent
2: icebreaker by the way what would you bring on? <laughs> <Wizard Island. laughs> i'd bring these books yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah probably yeah
1: probably that's actually not a fair way not bad yeah.
2: yeah i would bring a set of harry potter books right that, that yeah. counts
1: as one yeah even though that's it's one right they come in a box Since they come
2: in a box together right it's fine face it I, i've read gl- them this many times thus far i haven't gotten tired of them so
1: right i glued them together all the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just a> big <laughs> f- like a, like a wombo dictionary yeah, Just yeah. like hold on hold on yeah I love it I love it okay oh yeah. uh, man all right well very cool very cool so I'm glad okay. I'm glad that you've I'm glad that you made this huge step forward That's yes exciting. I know I'll keep,
2: yeah. I'll keep you posted who knows hopefully I mean hopefully we can just make it through *Philosopher's philosopher stone um, unscathed and we don't like stall out at any point but um, you know we'll, we'll see how it goes okay sounds good yeah
1: sounds good you got one yeah. more transition left in here? sure transition Okay, Jay, let me tell you about something that Ooh. I did. So I had my I had my fun-filled weekend. Yes. Of course, you know, where I was I was off to uh, Las Vegas, which yep. was just a, a hootin' and hollering good time. I did a bunch of really cool things while I was there. I went to an ice bar where like the whole they give you parkas and the whole room is ice and the glass that they give you your drink in <laughs> is made of ice and it was just overall like a really Cool experience, especially for someone who, like me, loves ice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm aware of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ali, that was like Allie's like surprise for me. She was she was sort of like so I booked a thing, and I was like, oh man, booked, booked a thing. thing. Um, but we also went to you know like a really cool restaurant. Where I mean, it was not like a Michelin star, but I mean, it was like that kind of that kind of vibe where like you know they uh, I was telling you a little bit about it earlier, but like you know one of the one of the dishes that they gave you was like a stone shot glass that had like um like whipped peas in it almost like like mashed potatoes but they were like you know beautifully displayed topped with like a creamy savory whipped cream type thing on top and stuff like that so like every bite you took was like not big or filling but every single bite was like an experience and it was like well that's really neat and that it, is and cool yeah it was it was super neat so it was like a whole whole like played now what, what is it called when you have like uh like each of you buy like a like a menu and then they just come through and like like they just keep bringing you stuff as as the night goes on it's tapas basically but anyway it was extremely good Uh we went to the festival um went to a Titanic exhibit Uh we went to an exhibit called bodies which was fascinating but it was like like scientific breakdown of the human bodies and anatomy and like all these unbelievable displays of like what nerves look like and all all sorts of wild stuff. Oh man, I have a
2: Berenstain Bear book that does that. Oh wow. (laughs) I'll
1: have to check that one out. See see how they compare. Oh my
2: gosh, they go to the doctor and they're like, the body is an amazing thing. It's got a system of nerves and muscles and blood and it's (laughs) like, but like each one is accompanied by this like very like 2D, a little too just a little too detailed draw of like the insides of a, a Bernstein bear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I could I could see that being. It's like okay, maybe we maybe we've gone too. Maybe we maybe we're maybe, too informative. I know. I'm like, can we turn the page? Jeez. Yeah. I anyway. think. That, yeah. Um. I I think that like we were all sort of blown away. They they have like this unbelievable display of like how blood moves through the body. And I think every so it was me, Alice, sister in law, Sammy, and brother in law, Mike. And I think me, Ali, and Sammy were all like, wow, blood doesn't just sort of like float around, and you're not just like a big. Blood lag of blood. It's like, you know, it's a flowing it's like in your You're veins and stuff. It's yeah. Like, well, it's like veins and like all the capillaries and I'm sure I'm not saying the right words, but anyway, you yeah,
2: know, it's like it's like uh, that, you know, you say it and it's like when I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, blood travels through veins. But it's like if you cut yourself anywhere at all, you will bleed. Yes. And yeah, that, like, that yeah. was,
1: they had like the, the full display of like what the inner workings of your body is. So it's like when you cut yourself, it's like you're cutting one of these like tubes that carries blood through your body. It's not just floating underneath your skin. And Mike was like, yeah, guys, yeah. Are you serious? You don't know this right now? And we were like, we didn't really know how this worked. (laughs) You know? So I was like, I was like, I'm not going to, I mean, like I know what veins are, but I, I I just sort of thought that blood was just sort of like underneath the skin. Underneath the the skin. You're just like a big (laughs) wrapper. Um, anyway, long story long, though, um, I, I, I'm giving the list of all the... the it must be such tiny tubes. They're real small. There's got to be, because, real, like, I'm, I'm like... I'm glad you're appreciating
2: the gravity of the situation. No, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, because I'm like, okay, so if you just removed your skin, that means the blood wouldn't just go everywhere. But, like, I've, I've had situations where I've just peeled skin off, and it's like, and you're bleeding. Yeah. So it's like, just the act of peeling it must rip the tubes.
1: Right. Well, and I think that, like, especially there's there's uh, a lot of them in your hands, which is why, like, if you cut like a finger or something, it might be more inclined to like right. bleed, to bleed more versus like you know your shin or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've cut my shin before pretty badly. And yes, it, it you have. Like, yeah, you were there. I was there. You took me to the hospital. <sighs> I got stitches. Sorry, it was the middle of the night. Um, anyway, <laughs> I bring all of this up uh, because while I was in Vegas, I did lots of really interesting and cool things. But one night in the middle of the night, I woke up. And I couldn't sleep, and I was like, I I, like I was laying there, and it's just sort of like one of those like times where you wake up and you're like, hot. You know and it's just like and like my mouth was parched and I was just like I don't know I need to go and like move or or something and like I just can't lay here because I'm so uncomfortable just because it feels like I was you didn't have a pillow yeah I didn't have a pillow (laughs) um disrupted the flow entirely so I was just like whatever and normally in the middle of the night I am terrible at this particular instance like I like if I wake up in the middle of the night I will not allow myself to go and do anything at all for any reason like a lot of times it might even be like I really need to go to the bathroom and like I'll be like but you probably shouldn't get up because you might make noise and disturb somebody and like you can't mm-hmm. have that so it's like it's like don't move just lay here and just like sweat and stare at the ceiling fan all night it'll be fine right uh, <laughs> right
2: you know you just going to wait until seven then you can go pee right yeah the sky the, <laughs> yeah. The,
1: the sun will awake and when it does then you're allowed to move about the house yeah um but like you know when Allie wakes up in the middle of the night she's like like i'll just like hear her you know get out of bed and go downstairs and like watch tv or something or you yeah. know like scroll on her phone or i don't know go to the bathroom because you're allowed to do that in the middle of the night yeah um you know, all of these things. But no, for me, I'm I'm just like, I'm usually stuck there. But so I was in the hotel room and uh, the view that we had from the hotel room was of the festival grounds. And so I was like, I'm like out walking around and I like, you know, you got a drink of water. And I'm like just sort of looking out. Uh, at everything that's going on, like taking in like all the people at night who uh, like go and like do things on the festival grounds. Like actually with like Disney World, for example, I've always thought it'd be like really interesting just to be like a fly on the wall at night. Like when all the people come in to like pressure wash the sidewalks and the gardeners do all the gardening type things. And, yeah. you know, it's like it's like people are there all day and then you think like, oh, but at night it's empty. And it's like, but it's not but empty. It's not like, empty. Everybody's there fixing stuff, um, painting benches and whatnot. <clears throat> right, yeah. Um, so anyway, it was cool just to, like sit there and watch that. But so I'm like, all right. I need something to like, you know, sort of distract myself or, or whatever, like way to take in the evening. So I literally I, I've been thinking so much about my splitting wood you know gym idea where like you know we go out and we just like split wood and and you know yeah talk about our feelings and stuff of course um what classic wood splitting activities yeah and so i was like i was i literally googled i was like videos of people splitting wood yeah and what popped up was this it was like an older gentleman who was just you know like out on his land or whatever and he just seemed like a really nice guy and he quoted robert frost and i was like this guy's so fun what a cool thing and it's like and now i'm gonna split some wood and so he goes through and he you know he's like explaining like how he's using like the a specific kind of mall an axe and you know where to strike on the on the log in order to like actually get the best split. And it's not the middle, it's actually yeah. like the edges and all these types of things. And so I'm just like, this is so cool. And I get to sort of like the end of the video, and I was like, you know, it's like a seven minute long video. So this is not like a huge commitment of my time so yeah. far. Um <laughs> and he's like, you know, now I'm no I'm no bucking Billy Ray Smith or anything like that. But you know, I hope you enjoyed today's video and you know, comment, like and subscribe. And um I was like, wait a second, Buck and Billy Ray Smith? I was like, do you mean to tell me that there is like a, a known YouTuber for wood splitting? Oh. And Bucking I'm, Billy Ray. Bucking Billy Ray Smith. And yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, what was that? So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I'm like Googling it and you know it pops up and and right away you know it's like I'm, I'm you know the guy's got like half a million views and I was like okay that's kind I'm of, not half a million views half a million subscribers and I'm like you know I'm looking at one of his videos and it's got hundreds of thousands of views and I you know I click on it and it sort of starts and it's 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 campy for sure but like you know it starts and it there's this video of this like you know it pans in and there's like a huge pile of like axe handles in this like you know rugged rugged old barn looking thing and underneath you know is uh, Buck and Billy Ray Smith who like pops out from underneath and he's like you know like a monster emerging from the ground or something and he goes outside and he starts like swinging the axe and like you know splitting these logs and stuff like that and i'm like i'm like what did i just stumble into Mm -hmm. like this is this is truly an odd experience and i was like i don't i don't think i'm gonna like this and so he starts talking though and he's just like the friendliest person you have ever witnessed ever Mm -hmm. like He's he, I mean he's super Canadian, super nice and loves splitting wood and loves old axes. And so he's just like as the story as these like videos are unfolding, they're like 30 minute videos yeah. and they're not like specifically instructional videos. He doesn't have like a like an obvious like objective, but like he'll go out there and uncut, he'll just like ha, uncut. That's a that's a that's a, that's a, that's a splitting joke for I you gotcha. right there. Yeah, um, yeah. But he'll just like start talking about stuff or the world or or like whatever and I'm like, this is oddly peaceful. And so I watched like five or six of these like 30 minute videos <laughs> in the middle of the night, in the middle yeah. of the night, from like, you know, like three to 5am or something like that. And I was like, this was the best thing ever. And like, I'm literally to the point where I was like, maybe my mission in life was to find this particular person so that somehow I can write like a screenplay about it and have Chris Pratt, who the guy looks like play yeah. the character of, of bucking billy ray smith Buck and billy ray it was like the most enabling experience i've ever had towards this idea of just splitting wood for fun because in it's this like, like yeah i feel like what do you why do you need permission to do it i don't know why yeah. i need permission to do it like i don't have proximity to do it i feel like sometimes it feels like like mildly dangerous or otherwise just like a such a um novelty exertion of energy You know, like where it's like the idea of going, and I mean, it's not that different from marathon training, where you're going out and intentionally making yourself incredibly exhausted in the name of achieving some goal. Yeah. Um. You know, which is way more widely accepted. But it was so funny to me because I feel like you know I've I've talked about this since the pop has been going on. I feel like I've brought up wood splitting a million times. Yeah. As like a concept or a pastime or whatever. But like as I was watching this, as I was even like reading the comments of all these people, like for example, at one point in time, he uh, you. You know, uh, sorry, Buck and Billy Ray Smith goes over to his dad's house because, of course, he does to help him split wood. Uh, just that's the subject of this video. It was yeah. like, I went over to dad's? I I brought my wood splitter with me. We're gonna split some stuff by hand. He gets there and his dad's using a Fiskers axe, mm. which is something you might buy at like Lowe's or something. And gotcha. everything like you know, he's he's always like rebuilding axes. So I was like, oh, he's about the dog on the Fiskers axe. Not at all. You know, they were just like, oh, you got the Fiskers that's so cool. How are you liking it? I'm like, it was just, it's just, the whole thing was just amazing to me. I was enamored with it. And I actually, as despite the fact that it is what I do for a living, I have never been a grand consumer of, youtube-based content before mm-hmm. like i have not watched i've probably watched more booking billy ray smith videos at this point than most of the youtubers that like we know yeah you know like it was i was like this is the most unusual thing that's ever happened to me but i, I was like i can't believe that of of this wild weekend experience the watching these videos in the middle of the night by myself in front of the window yeah. was like 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 a like a like a necessary piece of what made the trip worth it. You know,
2: it was like, that's fun. Yeah. I'm gonna have to show it to you. I, I'm very curious about it now. Um, Honestly, what I kind of like about the story is the first guy you found And like where you said, he's just sort of talking and he said, I'm, I, you know, I'm no, I'm no bucking Billy Ray Smith. Yeah. Like, because like in his mind, it's like, it's super clear to him that like, I, I, this is just me projecting maybe, but it's like, I'm imagining that to him, his impression is that everyone watching him is just like, you're just copying bucking Billy Ray Smith, man. Oh, what are sure. you doing you know sure and he's sure. like he's like he's hyper like almost almost certainly that's inspired him to do what he's doing right or whatever and it's like in his mind it's like it's so clear that i'm trying to recreate this and that no one could like my content for me but i i will i'll like notice it or whatever yeah like or maybe that's true in that section of the internet i don't know much about wood splitting well, or whatever I, but yeah it, it it reminds me like the early days of Super Carlin Brothers. Like I used to watch a lot of the channel Wheezy Waiter. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had this running gag in like a lot of his videos would be like oh, the coffee's ready. I love it when the coffee's ready. Yes. And like so I remember like in some of the early videos like I would you know like we'd be making these videos at like you know seven at night. So sometimes I would just brew coffee. Yeah. And it would be like I'd hear the beeper go off and I would literally like just mid script be like oh, you know I'd like just make that joke to the camera like oh, everyone knows every everyone who would be watching me clearly is subscribed. To Wheezy Waiter, one of the most successful people in the world, you know, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. You know? And I'm like, no, it will be lost on nobody at all. And it was like, come to find out, and it's like I don't think almost anybody got the
1: reference. Like, like you anybody know? knew that that like, yeah. what you were doing was like a Wheezy Waiter thing. Like right,
2: I yeah, was doing like a Wheezy Waiter bit. Like my mind, I was like, it's like it's like it's, like, it's so risky to say that because people are gonna like you know think I'm just trying to like copy him or something. But then you know I did it like two or three times. And I was like, I think people just thought it was just my joke, right? You know, and right. I'm like, no, no, no no, I, this is, this is impossible, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, so on that exact note, so the other thing we were doing, of course, was we, we basically emulated the, the Vlogbrothers format. Yeah. Um, And so like, that was, that was kind of like one of those, those like big things as well, where it was like, we weren't doing, Vlogbrothers, we weren't making their videos. All we were doing was taking like the idea, making our own videos, and 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 yeah, just
2: like using the the day to day conversation format.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it gave us like a like a framework. It's like a training plan, and, you know, again, for like anything, where it's yeah. like it's like I follow the same training plan, and that's that's like what we did. But hilariously, so I've been watching the uh, the TV show Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. And you know, it's it's all about like uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney purchasing um, the Wrexham Football Club in Wales, and um, it's it's honestly I would. Just just recommend it in general i think it's just a, a, like a fun watch it, it talks a lot about like you know soccer football culture and and sort of like the different ways it's been important and, and impactful in a variety of you know uh like di- like from from so many different perspectives like yeah. it, it's not just sort of like yeah soccer you know like like it's it's right. very informative in a lot of different ways but actually on the uh episode i was watching last night john green of the Vlogbrothers is in the episode watching the game with Ryan Reynolds. And while they're standing there, um, Ryan Reynolds is talking to John Green and saying like, yeah, you said to me once upon a time that like um, soccer is the most important unimportant thing. And he's like, I've, I've stole that line from you. Like, and I've used it a million times or whatever. And John Green, while he's standing there goes, well, I stole it from like Pope Francis the third. And (laughs) you know, so like, it was like one of those things that was so interesting to me because every time Ryan Reynolds says, Soccer is the most important, unimportant thing. He mm. was quoting John Green, who was quoting the Pope. <laughs> you, you know? think
2: Wheezy Waiter was quoting someone else? No,
1: not necessarily. <laughs> but I think what's fascinating about it is that, like, it's like, I, I think more than anything is that, like, it's if there's this thing that means something to you that you can then, like, you know, regenerate out into the world. It's sort of like it's like you're you're paying like uh like, you know. It's like an homage to to the to the person it came from. It, yeah. Like it's it, it can be flattering, I guess, in that capacity. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I, I was like, I can't believe the way the dominoes just fit together that we're talking about like early Super Carlin Brothers, versus the Vlog Brother related thing, and like yeah, you know, I, I have this example from literally last night. I was like, that's what? so funny. That's wow. so wild. Uh. But I also just love that sentiment as well. Like soccer is the most important unimportant thing. Hmm. Because it doesn't have to be soccer. You don't have to agree with that sentiment. But what I think it recognizes is that, you know, as much as we love certain things in life, they are not all necessarily actively important to the the greater ecosystem that we exist within. It doesn't it doesn't it's not to disregard the actual problems of the world. Yeah. But it's like it's like there can still be important, unimportant things to you, regardless of what those things actually are yeah you know and i feel like those things are usually probably like the flavor of life you know like yeah. they're, they're the things that like you know it's it's probably again go back to your your desert island question it's like yeah it's like those the that is probably the correct answer to the question what are the most what are like because food water shelter are the most important things those things are important for all people right at all times so at the bottom of the needs pyramid yeah but what is the most important unimportant thing what to you the most unimpor-
2: yeah i mean it i and i like i ran through so it sounds like like what are your hobbies basically a yeah. little sometimes yeah i love hobbies you know, i know Oh, i yeah. know me too and i was like i even brought that up in therapy i was like you know par- part of me but like you know like what i would love to say is like pokemon cards but like i wouldn't have anyone to play with you know <laughs> <Pokemon> <laughs> what cards am i gonna and do an and, and an opponent and an opponent who can yeah. also be my wife <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so that it didn't that wasn't a great answer yeah unfortunately for me
1: <laughs> right 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 but no I think it's interesting like you know if if because I think what that does reveal though is that it's like there's a catch that like you're being caught up in the rules but if like your mind was like oh, boom on cards like that's something I would love then it's like it's like then disregard the rules right then, then like assume that there is an opponent mm-hmm. you know like in a good one yeah <laughs> one that will like be the proper amount of challenging always always to, like, right. help yeah. you, like help like, you like better yeah exactly right. yeah so Indeed. that would be the question would be like if you if you had the ability to do <clears> the <throat> literally nothing else except for become increasingly better all the time at playing Pokemon and existing and surviving. Otherwise, like, would that be like the perfect existence? Yeah. Right. You know? And it's like, if so, then it's like, then it's like, maybe don't worry about the rules of the question because the, the rules don't actually matter. We're right. all, we're all making up the rules to the question from the start. Anyway, it's
2: like, if you could just, if you didn't have to do anything else, what would you want to do right now? Yes. Yeah split yeah. wood So split wood yeah yeah so
1: i guess i'm bringing an axe yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that'd be, that'd be such a great answer for you you'd be like i'd bring an axe it'd be like no like it doesn't have to be like survival things you'd be like no not for surviving for recreation <laughs> for for, for fun, fun. Well, yeah. Like, yeah yeah
1: I, yeah yeah it, that it's that's a good point yeah that's a good point yeah okay yeah, so maybe maybe i'll put that on my list put that on your you can list. add pokemon cards to your pillow yeah <laughs> and, and I've, I've got an axe <laughs> there we go yeah. seems uh, like a good, good place to stop. Okay. Today. Again, we, we have the question from earlier as well. Uh, what would you bring to the desert island? Uh, assuming that there are rules that are somewhat flexible and bendy as needed. Yeah. Food, water, shelter, all the necessary like essentials are, are already accounted for. The regs. Yeah. You can email those responses to pot at gmail.com. Also reminder that we have uh, that, that D20 infused rocks glass. <laughs> infused. infused <laughs> it, is, it has become one with. <laughs> um, I, how did you describe it again? You, you, you like. Just like a rock's
2: glass with a D twenty melted into the side. Melted right into the side. Yeah. But it's not glued to it. You not know, it's glued like, it's to like, it. It's like, it's
1: like literally there's like a dimple. Yeah, and you not, know. not
2: that the D twenty has been melted, the glass has been melted. Oh, good clarifier. Yeah. Good clarifier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um in, in addition to that with uh the quarterly merch, you will also receive a um digital download of a brand new episode with brand new characters and a brand new world. Um, you know, D D episode that Jay and I will be recording. That's right. All of that is available at patreon.com slash. Popcorn Culture. Be sure to go and check it out. It helps support the show just so very much. But otherwise, guys, until next time, pop, pop.